How many is ready for the word today? Praise God. I'm so glad to be back in the pulpit. We had uh, Pastor Lonnie last week in a wonderful, beautiful service, and um, I'm just so glad to be back with you today. Um, I am finishing up, I think, uh, this series of In the House. Um, If you have not listened to the last three weeks of In the House, I encourage you to jump online. Take time to listen to these three messages because it really is building upon what's on my heart as a pastor, what I believe is the heart of the Lord in in the world today, and that is making sure that we're taking care of our families. Come on, somebody taking care of our children, taking care of our church, but also taking care of the children that are in the world today. God has just put such a deep passion and a fire in my belly to make sure that we are taking care of the children. And um, that's what the last three messages are about. And I'm going to share a little bit more today of what's in my heart and uh, direction of our church that I believe God is calling us to. How many is excited about that? So I'm going to go over the first four points, and I'm going to add point five today, and then um, we're going to let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. But point one in the last three weeks was this. A lot of things will try to get your attention, but the salvation of your family should be your priority. I believe God is calling the family together, calling your aunts and uncles to be saved, your mothers and fathers to be saved, your children to be saved if they have wandered away. God is calling the family together in this hour. Number two was the key to making it through hard times is to make sure you and your family are in the protection of the house. Make sure that you're in the house. The safest place you can be right now in the world we're living in is in your local church. A church that you know preaches the word of God, lets the Holy Spirit be on display, and that knows the sound of the Spirit. Amen. And you have that here at Faith Builders Church. Number four was a church that goes into battle without focusing on the next generation is a harmless church because the next generation is a weapon. Generation Z is called by God as a weapon in the hand of the Lord. Amen. And that's why we're we're investing in our youth ministry. We're investing in Generation Z. That's the best $300 you could ever give is to send a kid to a weekend to experience the power of God. Amen. I tell you, this generation is on fire right now. Um, There's a a movement called uh, Jesus March, and there are thousands of Generation Z, younger and older, that have taken on their own, and they are marching through every big city in America, waving the banners of Jesus and singing the songs of heaven and claiming back their cities for Jesus Christ. That's something I want to be a part of. How about you? I want to be a part of this move of God, and I believe that we are. So number five, and this is the passion of my message, is this. It's time for the church to be heard and fight. It's time for the church to be heard and fight. You know, the church has been silent over the last few years. We've been a little like, not not just faith builders, but I'm talking about the church of Jesus. But we're hearing the truth come from the pulpits in this hour. There are hard truths that we have to preach. There are biblical principles that we have to stand on in the word of God today that the world has muddled, that the world has made it kind of gray and and made it very confusing in, in every way, in policies and in government. And, you know, we're not living in a time of Republicans and Democrats anymore. You understand that. We're not living in a political agenda. We're living in an evil agenda. There's the agenda of Satan and hell that wants to destroy the church of Jesus and this generation. And he's not going to win because we already won. Amen. But the church needs to stand loud in this hour. We need to have a voice. We need to have a trumpet. We need to get behind the young people and say, go take back your cities. Go back, take back your schools. Let's do something for Jesus. And it's time to fight. 
It's time for us to tell the truth. It's time for us to have hard conversations because the world is telling young people everything different than the word of God. They're confusing their gender identity. They're confusing their pronouns. They're, there's now 10 more flags that have been added to the existing flags. This is an assignment of the enemy to wipe out a generation of their identity. And the church is going to take that back. Amen. We're going to teach them who they are. We're going to fight where they can't fight. God put this in my belly a year ago, and I'm like, Lord, I want to preach this so bad. And the Lord finally told me three weeks ago, you start talking about the children. You start talking about taking back a generation because God is going to bless the churches that will stand up and preach the undefiled word of God, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's challenged, because I'm going to tell you, the world is going to bully back at us. The world is going to try to stop us, but we're not going to stop, amen? We're going to take this mission that God has called us to, and we're going to take back our cities, take back our schools, take back our children, and give them back to God where they belong. Our church went on a 30-day receiving communion every day, and I still continue it. Matter of fact, our pastors and elders received communion together before we came out here. And during that time of 30 days, I, the Lord gave me a word, and I thought it was just for our body, but the Lord said, I want you to start fasting and, or excuse me, um, receiving communion for legacy the legacy of the church so that your children's children will be in the kingdom of God. And so I begin to pray, Lord, hem them in. The scripture says, hem them in. And I said, Lord, hem in the legacy. Hang in, hem in the children and the children's children and let them serve you. Let this be a church of legacy. And I prayed that every day as I received communion. Little did I know the Lord had a bigger picture in mind. And I went to this incredible uh, conference this weekend in Portland with Her Voice Movement and many other men and women of God. Uh, John and Lisa Bevere and, and Shayan and so many apostles of the faith were there. And we were just being so challenged that it's the time to take our cities back for Jesus. It's time to speak the truth from the pulpits. And this lady walked up to me. I didn't know her. She was one of the ministry ladies there. And she said, the Lord gave me a vision of you. And she said, you were riding a horse. Come on, somebody. I'll take a horse. Hallelujah. I said, it reminded me of Paul Revere when she prophesied this. You know, he, he ran through the city and said, the, the British are coming, the British are coming. She said, I seen you riding a horse and you had a large white banner and you were waving it and written on it was the word legacy. And she said, you were riding through the city and you were waving this banner and you were getting back the legacy. I didn't know it was just, I thought it was our church, but God says, no, we're going to wave the banner from this church for this city and the legacy to come back to Jesus Christ. And then she said, I saw a vision of you riding on an uh, uh, eagle. That was pretty cool. And she said, you were flying, flying in the air and you had another banner and you were waving legacy on this eagle. And I believe the Lord said, not only will you take the city, but you're going to go into the government and you're going to bring back the legacy from the government that's trying to take our children and destroy them. Amen. We're going to get our kids. And I tell you, God has hemmed us in with beautiful ministries that have an assignment for this city. And I was, I was blown away by God because um, after this conference, um, her voice movement, Jenny Donnelly, and her mom comes here. I'll just give her a shout out. Deborah. But she invited me to this breakfast the next morning, and I really didn't know what to think about it. You know, I'm like, yeah, praise God, I'm there. Well, it was actually a very intimate breakfast of probably 50 people or so, and they were high influential leaders like John and Lisa Bevere and, and Lou Engle, and these are the, the apostles of the faith right now that are really gathering around this mission of taking our children back. And, and here I am sitting in this room. And there, there's uh, politicians there and all these influencers. And I'm like, how did I get in this room? 
You know, there are places God will take you when you're just humble before him, and he'll put you before great men so that you can make a difference. And I'm sitting here going, I'm just little Barb Pruitt. I'm really not anybody of, of importance, but the Lord saw to shine light on me and this church and this community that we are going to be a part of going to the capital and praying over our capital for our children to come back to Jesus and, and Christian policies to be put into place. And it's just all beginning to start. But when, when I left there, I could see me just running through the city with this banner saying, we're going to take our children back. Amen. It's time for the church to be louder than the world. It's time for the church to be louder than the world. And I'm ready to face whatever it's going to face. I don't care what the enemy would throw at me. We are going to take this city for Jesus. We're going to take a generation and light a fire within their soul. And we're going to get back our children into our school systems and make them safe. Amen? Amen. We don't have time to even go into it all. But it's time for the church to arise. You know, as adults, we can preach the word of God and adults have free will. You know, we, we, we have choices to make the right and the wrong decision, follow God and follow the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but our children don't. They don't have the ability. Our children are being robbed of their purity and their innocence, and, and the church is just silent or we don't understand what's really going on out there. When I began to research and see the things, three years ago I saw it. Three years ago I saw the horrific things that are happening to our children and in our school system. And now the truth is starting to rise and I'm so thankful and we've got to fight for the children. There were over, and this is probably a tiny number, but over 85,000 migrant children are missing from the border. Where are they? Nobody knows. Why? Because the devil has come in and stole those babies and put them into the sex slavery industry. And we're just living a happy, clappy church life, bless me Jesus, while our children and generation is literally being destroyed. And God says, fight for my babies. Have a voice for my children. It's time for us to fight, amen? Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 5 verse 20 says this, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Whoa. We are living in a time where everything in the world is calling evil good. They're in our kindergarten classrooms teaching our children about sexuality. They're starting puberty blockers at eight years of age, eight years old. They're allowing mothers to birth their children and not put a sex on there because the child can decide when they get older what they want to be. This isn't mockery. I'm not here to bash anybody. I'm here to expose the devil. Because evil wants to wipe out a generation that is called by the Holy Spirit to be a voice to the kingdom of God and the end times that we are living in. And he is trying so desperately to challenge the identity of these young people. And you know what? He's got a little foothold. Because the church has been so busy about the church. Put that screen up there, please, about uh, the mountains. I'm going to go into this later. I'm not even going to tap into it, and we don't even have a lot of time today. Thank you, Matthias. He is so awesome. You're like half preacher today. Like, you're almost there. Just some dress slacks, Matthias, and you got it. It's like almost half preacher. 
He's got something special. If you don't have it, that's okay. But there's mountains, and, and, and the Lord put this in my spirit about a month ago. You have to take all the mountains, Barb. The church has been so focused on the church, revival, revival, move of God, and that's accurate. But the whole time we're trying to preach revival to a group of people in the walls, the world has taken over every mom, mountain in, in, in society, mountains of influence. What are they? The world's taken over the family. Now the government wants to tell the family how they should raise their children, what their children should do. The government actually called them their children. No, they're not. They're your children. They're our children. They are not the government's children to do with what they want. The other mountain is education. Time to get into the education system and make a difference. Get those filthy pornographic books out of the libraries. Get the, the, the perversion in the classrooms out of the classrooms. It's time for the believers to get into the education system and make a difference. So many people want the microphone inside the four walls and God says, but I've called you to another mountain. I've given you an influence somewhere. Take your influence. It is time for the church to get at the top of every mountain and say, we are taking back our nation for Jesus Christ. And I believe that we are. God has been strategically placing since 2016 believers in these mountains. And we're going to be a part of that. Media. We need to take back our media for Jesus. I'll tell you this. I'm apprehensive. I, I hate getting on. You know, in my 20s, I loved myself. Like, I love being on videos. You know, you're, like, young, and, and, and you feel good about yourself. But God's like, get back on the media. No, we, we got to do it in a way we're not attacking truth. We don't attack it, but we use the language of God, the language of love, to say this is what we believe. This is what the Bible says. We are here for you. Here's Faith Builders Church. Here's Celebrate Freedom. Here's Rooted Class. Come with me. We have a place for these people to find freedom. But if the church is not on media, the enemy has taken over that mountain. Because I can throw to throw to roll through TikTok, and I can find a ton of legalism garbage. And every so often, oh, there's a Christian believer. Oh, there's a Christian TikToker. We need to be everywhere right now. Why? Not for religious people, but for the lost. They'll stop on your TikTok. They'll stop on where you're at and go, what are they saying? And the Holy Spirit will draw them to that. Amen. Let's get back our media. Entertainment. I don't know if anybody's in the entertainment in this house, but get back or entertainment. How about the business arena? There's so many influences in the business world. Do you know that there are people who became millionaires that were Christians after everything happened in 2020 because they didn't want to buy from liberal markets? And people that were just homemakers said, Let, let's create something, a product made in America, and let's produce it so that Americans who want to keep their money in America can begin to buy without paying the liberals off. And you know what? My girlfriend told me there, there's millionaires rising all over America because they're doing something in the business arena. They're getting out of their comfort zone and saying, we're going to take that mountain back. We're going to give that money back to America. Give it back to the kingdom of God. Give it back to our children. Amen. And then, of course, the governmental government mountain, which God is setting Christians in the government. I, don't, I know I'm not called to a government position. I think if I wasn't a pastor, I would be. I'd be like crazy, I know. <laughs> so God, you're going to stay in the house, honey. But I believe we'll have a voice in the political realm. If we can take a thousand women and march, march around the Capitol and pray and rave our legacy banners and let them know we are here. We are not hiding in the church, but we are here and we're going to wave the banner for our children. Amen. I said, woe to those 
who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sights. It's time to take it back, amen? And we will. Thank you, Jesus. God is raising up people everywhere. You know, in California... There was a big win in Chino Valley. I don't know if you guys saw this. And uh, um, the school board decided, listen, it's in a liberal county, four to one, that parents, if a child comes in and wants to transgender or use different pronouns or a name that's not on the roster, that teacher has 72 hours legally to let the parent know. They cannot hide it from the parents anymore. That is a win. That is a win for God and a win for the liberal side. I'm so thankful that they're, they're beginning to hear the prayers so that things are beginning to shift. This is just the start of it. We're going to hear more and more and more that's going to come back to protect our children. Amen. What happens if we don't? Let's look at Judges 2.10. Israel experienced it when they didn't teach their children. In verse 10, eventually the entire generation died and was buried. Then another generation grew up that didn't know anything of God or the work he had done for Israel. We are one generation away from the church falling apart. One generation away from losing the church of Jesus Christ. We see it with the Israelites. There was nobody that taught them the law. There was nobody that taught them about the goodness of God. And so they died. And what happened? Another generation didn't know anything. Verse 15. The people of Israel did evil in the sight of God. They, they served Baal gods. They deserted God, the God of their parents who had led them out of Egypt. They took up with other gods, gods of the people around them. They actually worshiped them. What happened? A whole generation said, we don't know the God of miracles. We don't know the God of power. We don't know the God that Rahab feared and was so afraid for their life. We don't know that God. And when they don't know God, they serve Baal. They serve other gods. They bow their knee to the spirit of the world. And if we can't look our young people in the face and say, you were made in the image of Christ Jesus. You were made in the image of God and you are perfect just the way you are. And there are some things we're going to pray off for you and there's some identity we're going to get back inside of you. But there is a spirit in the school system today that is confusing our generation and it is a spirit. They don't even know why they're questioning their sexuality. They don't know why they don't know who they are. They don't know why they want to dress up like a cat and have kitty litter in the bathrooms. That's happening in school systems. They don't understand because the church has been suppressed and afraid to tell them the truth. And we need to raise up such an army that says, I got you, and I will fight for you. You might not have a mom or dad that understands, but, man, we're going to come alongside of you, and we're going to love you, and we're going to teach you about the God that we serve, the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, the all-powerful one, that witchcraft, that horoscope, all that lies of the enemy, that is powerless, but we serve the almighty, powerful God. Because they're just looking for truth. We've got to fight for them. Amen. I want, I want us to look at Esther, Esther 4, verse 13 through 14. And this leads me to finish about what's happening with this capital prayer. There was a commission that was sent forth to all 50 states. Arizona, obviously, is one of them. And they're asking us to gather people around the capital on, on um, 4, April 13th. And it's because of this scripture verse. Let me read it to you. 
Do not think, this was Mordecai talking to Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. The Jews were about to be obliterated. The king had signed the signet ring. And Mordecai came to her and said, do you think you're safe in the palace? Because you're not. If we think we can come to church every Sunday and have happy church and have it pretty, and we want to do that. I want to have good church. But if we think we are safe from the destruction of a generation, we have deceived ourselves. God has put us in this time and in this hour to have a voice for the generations. And it will be the old and the young. It's going to go from all the way, the boomers, all the way down to the alphas. I believe that. But he said, do you think that you're safe? If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. You think you're safe, Esther? You smell good. You look good. You have favor of the king. But you want Pert in the palace to look pretty. You want put in the palace just to have favor. I put you there for such a time as this to save your, your generation, to save your people from death and harm. God has called us adults in this time. He's put us in this time and hour to make a sound, amen, and bring down the forces of hell, bring down the Baal and the gods of this, of this season. Lord already told me that. I saw it. There are gods that are being raised up. We know idols are being erected now in New York. Some are still there. I told you two weeks ago, prophesied, they will fall. They're going to literally fall off the buildings. They're going to crack in half because the judgment of God is coming to this nation. And it's going to be from the shouts and the praises of his people. Amen. To bring that sort of life and hope. I follow a TikTok group and it, there, there must be hundreds of thousands of them. And they're called detransitioners. And it's a group of young people. I didn't know they were transitioning for quite a few years. I didn't know this was even happening. And now they transitioned at 12 and 13. I'm talking mutilation transitioned. And now they're 20. And they're devastated. They literally are devastated. They're not even saved. They don't even know God, and they're just so broken. And they've been mutilated, and, and they've been, they told them it was going to be okay, and it was going to be okay. You'll be safe and healthy, and, and you'll mentally be better. You won't want to commit suicide anymore. And they're literally saying from their own mouths, that's not true. We were lied to. I'm 21, and my life is over. I can't go back to the way that I was. And, and we sit in our churches and we sing, Kumbaya, my Lord. And we sing, make me happy, preach, Pastor Barb. Worship, fire, come down. And yeah, I want all of that. But at the cost of this generation and these young people that are being destroyed by the forces of hell, we need to be the louder voice. We need to be in the school system saying, no, that's not okay. You want to raise the pride flag? I'm going to raise the Christian flag. I'm going to have my Bible on my desk, and I'm going to pray in my classroom. Try and come get me. Because just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they put the fire hotter. But you can't touch them. Why? Because Jesus was with them in the fire. We need to be bold. Don't be intimidated by Goliath. Don't be intimidated by the government. Don't be intimidated by policies. You stand in the righteousness of God, and God will be on your side. It's exciting, isn't it? Woo, I'm just ready. I am so ready. I'm ready to let this generation know we see you, and we have you, and the world will not get you. 
and we will make a safe place to love you back to life. This great revival that's coming is going to be the LBGQT movement. I'm not making fun, please. But it will be that commun community. Because when the revelation, revolution for Jesus happened in the 70s, I think it was, right? It was led by a homosexual that gave his life to Jesus. And a revolution, revival hit the world. That is going to happen again, church. We have to get ready to disciple a generation who don't understand, but they want the truth. Why do I feel this way? Why am I confused? Why do I feel hopeless? We need to give them the answer. As much as I would give someone the answer to be free from alcoholism or abuse is the same answer and power we can give them. And it's happening. They're getting free all over America. There are churches that are they're offering and they're finding freedom. And they're getting delivered. And they're, they're, and they're shouting. When we were, I just I don't know if I have any time, but we were at this event. And this girl, um, these two girls that were in this ministry, they had been delivered of lesbianism. They had been in full-blown lesbian, lesbian relationships. Um, one, both young, beautiful girls. I'm talking young girls. And they got up there one night, and they began to share their testimony of how they went into the ministry there, and they got delivered, and they got set free, and they were so full of the love of God, and, and they were jumping up and down and just rejoicing, and we were all going crazy about their freedom. And we found out later that there was two women who walked into the um, arena as we were there, and, uh, you know, they had a demonic agenda. And when they walked in, those two girls were sharing their freedom story. Now get this, this was a couple, they had, she had a promise ring on, and they walked into an event just to cause a disruption. But how many know the Holy Spirit can take over? And as these two girls were sharing their testimony, the two girls sitting there, the one was agitated. She says, I can't stay in this room. I can't stand it. You don't, you don't believe in this stuff, do you? And the other girl goes, yeah, actually I do. And the one walked out. She couldn't stand in the presence of God. But the one sat there, and they got a hold of her, and they took her in the back, and she went through deliverance, and she found freedom in Jesus Christ. She gave her life to Jesus, didn't she? She broke up with her girlfriend. The promise ring she had on was burning her finger. When she gave her, she had to take it off. She had to throw it away. And she said, I'm ready to make a stand for Jesus. Come to find out, the next day after we left the arena, there was um, a pride rally that was taking place. This wasn't just a girl caught into deception. She was a leader of Antifa. And she was going to be on stage the next day as a guest speaker. And she canceled her assignment. She said, I'm going to live for Jesus, and I'm going to shout for Jesus. So this wasn't just one person. This was the leader of Antifa that can now go into her mountain and win all them to Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Don't be afraid of the topic. Don't be afraid of it. All you got to do is love and speak the love and the scriptures and, and be patient and bind the devil. Amen? Amen? Because God is for this generation. So let's keep going. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But, if you, and your, but you and your fathers in this house will perish. I can tell you this. Faith builders will be a part of this. We will not be silent. I will not have, well, I hope all the churches in the valley do this, honestly. But I can tell you this, we will. We will be a part of making a sound for this generation. Amen. Amen. Haman, if you think, and I'm going to wrap this up because we are just, I'll, I might have part five next week, y'all. 
But Haman, if you study it out, meant magnificent. Haman, who one was setting up the deception and trying to destroy the Jews out of pride and ego. And it meant magnificent. And I, I was thinking about that word. I think that's kind of like how we see this assignment of the enemy. It seems so magnificent, not in a good way, but big. It seems powerful. And, and if you look up Mordecai, the word Mordecai means little man. And I've kind of felt like that. I'm just a little, I'm a little barb. What difference can I make? It's such a big bully. It's such a big sound in TV and in, in media and all of that. What can a little person like me make a difference? But you know what? God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God will use little people. God will use foolish people. He'll use the David that, that David that took the, the uh, it was David, right, David? Thank you. Sorry. Daniel, a hundred names just went through my head. Used a little David with just his little sling and said, come on, Goliath, bring it on. And he could have swung that stone way over there, but he spoke this day, you will die and I will cut your head off and I will run through the city with your head, Goliath. He wasn't afraid. Quit worrying about being little and insignificant. If we all come together, we can make a change in this city, make a change in this nation and in the world. Amen. So going back to Esther 4.14, what's happening in April, and our church will be a part of this, um, they are asking on April 4th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, three days of fasting. And on, on the 13th, we will be down in the Capitol, hundreds of thousands of us. All over the United States, every capital will be having revival. Every capital in this nation is going to be on an assignment from God. So God already told me I have the leading ladies ministry. We already gather them, influence. We're going to gather all the political people I know, influence. We're going to gather marketplace influencers, influence. God said gather all the influences you know and start praying now. Start praying now. Start spreading the word now. I'm actually having banners made, white ones, with legacy written all over them. And we're going to wave them all over our capital because we are going to fight for the legacy, the next generation. Amen. They will not die without knowing our God. We will not die without them knowing our God and the powerful God that we serve. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so honored to be a part of this moment in history. Honored. I don't know what God's going to do, but I'm going to tell you it's special. It's special. And the Lord told me that all the churches that will talk about the children, he will raise up in this hour. That's what he told me. And I have no problem, as you can tell, talking about it. <laughs> if anything, I need to practice some restraint. No, we won't. No, we won't. Because the more you know, amen the more answers you'll have to tell. And I believe this is the hour of something so special. The church isn't going to look like the church it used to look like. I was telling our team today, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't. But I know God does. And all I ask is, Holy Spirit, let this church be what you've called it to be. Let our assignment be in alignment with Kingdom Heaven's assignment. Not for my own ego, I can tell you that. I have no ego. I really don't. I'm not trying to build my own platform or make a mega name of myself. If I'd have lived that lifestyle, I'd have quit a long time ago. I have nothing to prove. This church has nothing to prove. 
but we have an assignment. And the devil hates it. The devil hates it that this church is going to rise up. Next week we'll get into Nehemiah and we'll show why. I'll show you why the devil hates this assignment. But you won't shut us up. You're not going to stop us. We're going to move hard and we're going to move according to the will of God. Amen. How many are excited to be a part of this? Amen. Me too. so much to share, but we'll wait till next week, okay? Father, I thank you for this moment, God. God, we know that you are moving strategically by your Holy Spirit. And we thank you, God, that this church is in alignment with kingdom heaven assignment, God. Your will, your way, your voice, your sound, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that we will be a church that will make a difference in this community, God. We will take care of our children. We will be a voice where they can't be a voice. We will have the answers, God, when they don't have the answers. We will be a refuge and a place of safety for this generation, Father God. Thank you for entrusting us, God, to be a house of protection and safety for them. Lord, we give you praise. I want to make sure everyone here this morning knows Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you just need to get things right, this is the moment just to get it right. If you need to forgive somebody, forgive them. If you just need to come back to Jesus like a prodigal son and daughter, come back to Jesus. This is why we're here, so you can find the fullness of Jesus Christ. I want everybody to say this prayer out loud along with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. Be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I surrender it all to you. Have your way. I'm available. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a great big praise this morning. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for all of you. I am pray for you every day. I receive communion for you every day. Sometimes your faces are right in front of me. Sometimes they're not, but I'm praying for you. And I believe God has great things for your lives too. Amen. Let me close in prayer and release you guys to go have a wonderful day with your friends and family. Father, go ahead and stand to your feet, everybody. Father, I thank you for this amazing church. I thank you for every person that's here today. God, I cover them with the blood of Jesus. Every word that they needed to hear, God, let it be like a good seed and go into good soil. Let it produce, God, birth ideas in this room. I hear the Lord say he's going to birth ideas in you, creative ideas. Hallelujah. God's going to begin to give you dreams and visitations, and there's revelation that's coming to your heart. God's going to begin to awaken you, awaken the gifts inside of you once again. God's going to begin to stir you by the Holy Spirit. And God, we thank you for them. Put a hedge of protection around them, north, south, east, and west, and bring us together safely to celebrate you again. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. God bless you guys. I love you. I'll meet you out there if you're new today. Otherwise, have a great day. See you Wednesday.